You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels Podcast a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is the second episode for season two for the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled The Lost Commanders. If you're new to the show, welcome. My name is Matt the Crankster Cranky, and let me bring in your host and creator, Mr. Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? We're back. Hey, yeah, yeah, we're we're back. And, uh, you know, for regular episodes, not uh, yes, not just kind of the, the special episodes we've been doing since basically Star Wars Celebration. Um, right. Yeah, we're we're back in the swing of things uh, and kicking it off with with, I think, one of the better episodes of the series. Yeah, uh, you know, what's funny. I, I, I watch this and I'll tell you what, there is. And I didn't know if I was the only one, but apparently not. Uh, a lot of the older fans will, or older, uh, like I said, older fans will, will notice a huge uh, homage to one of my favorite movies of all time, a classic 1975 film that kind of kicked off the blockbuster film era. And uh, some of the older fans, I'm sure, know exactly what I'm hmm. talking about when I say 75 and blockbuster. Uh, but... We will get to that point, and uh, we'll talk about that and see if anybody else, or Mike, even you, had the same feelings as I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it really started off with a bang. We're coming off a of Siege of Lothal, yep. and um, of course, Vader. And uh, as far as news, um, before we get to the episode, Mike, I guess one of the biggest things to come out um, was, uh, first, we found out that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was going to be playing a, a part in this series. Yeah, And a lot of people had speculated, like, Oh, she she might be Leia or she might be this because there was a picture uh, that she had, I think, tweeted or Instagram, but she had like buns in her head or something like that. Yeah. So throwing everybody off the sand. They were, oh, no, she's being Leia. But we did find out a little bit about what she's doing. She's going to be playing the uh, seventh sister along with somebody else who's playing the fifth brother that we haven't found out who it is yet. I know we're supposed to find out within like... I'm sure this week we'll find out who that is. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, you mean casting wise? Casting wise, uh, yeah. No, we do know. We do know. We haven't oh, gotten yeah, like an out? official okay. reveal, but he joined Twitter. Uh, oh man, you know what? You, so, you talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I'm gonna look that up. Okay, yeah. Well, <clears throat> she was 
Uh, she's, she's already done a couple of spots for Star Wars. A big, obviously, a big Star Wars fan sounds like in the Star Wars family with Freddie Prince Jr., who's playing Kanan, of course. So she seems obviously really excited about the part. And at first, I didn't know if I was going to like Sarah Michelle Gellar really as a as a seventh sister. But with a little bit of, that we've that we've heard from her. Uh, she sounds pretty cool. It sounds like they're going to kind of alter her voice somewhat behind the mask. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm a, hey, it's, it's fine. You know, voice is voice, whatever. You know, I'm more interested in what's going to happen with the character. It sounds like these, I have to get your opinion, Michael, what you think of this uh, naming, this, the seventh and the seventh sister, the fifth brother. There's lots of, uh, lots of speculation of what the heck does that mean, you know? So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You got any theories on that? I I do. Um, so uh, Philip Anthony Rodriguez is the the fifth brother. Um, Who is that? Yeah, I'm just looking up at his IMDb right now. I thought there was going to be somebody. Uh, they, they made it sound like it was gonna be somebody huge, but I guess yeah, not. Yeah, I, I mean, know. he's <laughs> he's got actually a lot of um, a lot of video game voiceover work. Uh, okay. Metal Gear Solid, uh, Call of Duty, and then he's got uh, he's got so he's had some like sort of uh, guest spots on on a lot of shows that people would know like Modern Family, uh, Burn Notice, The Mentalist, stuff like that. So he's an actor that's been around, um, but uh, but yeah, not really. I don't know if I don't know if he's really known for anything at this point. Mm. So that's fine by me. Uh, he can now be known yeah, for yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> so he's known as the yeah, fifth brother. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, it is. It's a very interesting naming pattern. Um, we never we never got a name for the Inquisitor last season. Right. Um, he was always just the Inquisitor, and I always found that to be really curious because before the series started and i i mentioned this several times last season and uh, i was it was always weird and conspicuous how nobody else was saying it but um before the series started dave filoni and and the crew were referring to him as one of the inquisitors right and everybody was kind of ignoring that, and it's like, oh, he's the Inquisitor, because that's what we're supposed to call him is the Inquisitor. But uh, but in truth, he was really one of of many Inquisitors. So uh, yeah, I remember him. I remember him talking about that. That, and we had mentioned it here on the show. Yeah. Like he did say there was more than yeah. one. So, so yeah, yeah. So I so I would imagine that um, that that the Inquisitor uh, from last season, Jason Isaac's Inquisitor, is mm-hmm. he, he's he's one of these brothers as well. So he's maybe he's the first brother or something like that. Like, I, and I think that we'll find out. I think we'll find out this season when we find out that there are more Inquisitors that like exactly where he was in that sort of in that ranking in hierarchy, right? yeah. but um but we've also kind of uh, uh seen in in that latest new york comic-con trailer we've seen where these inquisitors are coming from and yeah. uh and this is this man i tell you this is leading more and more into the idea that that rebels hooks into the force awakens because we've seen that there's going mm. to be an episode this season uh where the the inquisitors are kidnapping force sensitive children right? right 
and whether they're they're kidnapping them to kill them or or they're kidnapping them to train them is is unclear at this point and and i i would imagine it's probably a mix of both um it's it it's probably not one thing or the other but uh mm-hmm. but um you know sort of a, a circumstance thing um but that sort of leads me into the the uh, back into and I think I brought this up last season the idea that the Inquisitors could be somehow related to Kylo Ren and now we know this is mm-hmm. this is a bit of, I, it's not really spoilers because it's been in um, like J.J. Abrams talked about it uh, I think at Comic Con right at San Diego Comic Con about Kylo Ren or no it was in a Vanity Fair article or entertainment weekly article or it was in it was published online somewhere that um that kylo ren is part of an order called the knights of ren that's right and i mm-hmm. uh, we don't really know the origins of the knights of ren and we don't know how long it's been around and it's entirely possible that the knights of ren could be remnants of the inquisitors that right mm-hmm. so sure um, and it, I, I think that, that that could make sense because there could be sort of like this this connection between um, one of the inquisitors and and uh, and this order. Um, for anybody who's read Star Wars Aftermath, there's within the book Star Wars Aftermath, which has its own story about about several characters, there's about a half a dozen characters in that. Um, which sort of have an overarching story in between chapters. Occasionally, there are like these sort of interludes, mm, right, these little like right. vignettes almost. And one of them is uh, these kids on some planet, and they're uh, they're Vader worshippers, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yes. if an Inquisitor was still around and found these these you know, like Imperial uh, fanboys, basically, and then like the Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. fanboys, then and and fangirls, uh, then it wouldn't be a stretch for that Inquisitor to then start a new order. It wouldn't be Sith, but it would be something else mm-hmm. and something similar because these guys, like the Inquisitors, aren't Dark Jedi and they're not Sith. They're something else. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't know I I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Um, I would be ecstatic. It would be exciting if we found out, like if it got mentioned at some point in the season, that the Inquisitors are Knights of Ren. Like that that's already a yeah. thing, and that, and that that there's like a, a straight up connection there. But um, but I don't know. Like I I think that that there it's entirely possible that there's a that there's a connection between these two factions mm-hmm. because they share a lot of similarities in in the sense that they're not they're not Sith and they're not Jedi, but they would have a reason to um, to revere Darth Vader to know who he mm-hmm. is in the first place, right? I mean, I I'm sure like like within the Star Wars galaxy post Return of the Jedi, it's a, like he was a he was a, an icon of the Empire, but I don't know that that many people would really. I don't know, Unless, except yeah. for like, like the analog would be like World War Two buffs, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
like people who are really really into world war ii and so they learn all about you know the 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 people involved in that sort of thing but you know he's like darth vader is the he's he's a he's like a military commander as far as yeah. the general <clears throat> public is concerned right so yeah so he i don't i don't i don't know it's 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 interesting it's i'm i'm interested to see how these inquisitors um how they operate uh separately from from the inquisitor from last season um mm-hmm. and uh and and exactly like where that story is going because it it really kind of busts open the the star wars universe to say that vader and palpatine basically have their own special task force of dark jedi-esque characters Mm -hmm. because the the sort of the the i don't know i guess the consensus that everybody was under was that there are only two right there's a a master and an apprentice but that only means sith um But I, I, I would imagine that we can now completely throw the Force Unleashed out of the canon. There's no hope for it um, because <laughs> yeah. it, it would contradict the idea yeah. of the Inquisitors because uh, Palpatine did not like that Vader had an apprentice. No. But yeah, it's very no. clear that, that Vader and Palpatine... Uh, not necessarily train these these inquisitors but have a hand in it like they're they're mm-hmm. involved in some way um yeah so yeah i uh, yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting and 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 we'll have two inquisitors at once um and and they look <clears throat> formidable um yeah, maybe yeah. maybe not as dangerous as the one inquisitor uh no, you know if you so. like sort of split them up on their own um right but uh, but yeah, That's what I think. yeah, it's it's gonna be, it's 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 a much bigger galaxy than we thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you had mentioned uh, you know the, the about later this season, the Inquisitors uh, going after more Force children again, and we did see a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Not not see it, but we heard about it last season uh, yeah. when you know they talked about they're they're always watching. Uh, you know, some of these trials they do and they pick out the ones that are more skilled and they kind of just disappear. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to expand on that on this season. And I'll tell you what, I, I, you might be onto something with this uh, Force Awakens thing because I've always thought way back in Celebration, the first time I saw that Vader mask, I'm like, you know what? I, it's just something about Kylo Ren. And I think that these Knights of Ren are like almost like a cult. Mm-hmm. You know that that they were not worship, but you know what I mean. Like Vader is like their their god. You know they yeah. they want to be, they aspire to be like him. Yeah. And you know they dress like like the dress and the mask, even though they don't need the mask. Obviously, we've seen pictures of of Adam Driver without the mask. Yeah. So it's something like they put the mask on, and uh, you know, and, and as far as like the the Sith and the Jedi. It's almost like I think you might have said a little bit about this too just a minute ago. It's like you can have force powers and be able to do a lot of the force stuff, and you don't necessarily have to be a Sith. Yeah, you can you can kind of create your own sect of of whatever you want to call it, like the Knights of Ren. We still have force powers. We're still able to wield the lightsaber and do all the you know all the forms maybe or whatever. Learn 
yeah. but it doesn't necessarily have to mean a Sith. So this could be a whole new faction of, like you said, a whole new faction of, of quote unquote bad guys, and they're not Sith anymore. They're they're Knights of Ren, and, and maybe they don't adhere by the two per. You know, you only there's only two. You know, there's lots of them maybe, mm-hmm. or or maybe right now there's just maybe it's just Kylo now or something. So, man, it's it's a a lot of places this can go, and and to think that there could be a connection between rebels and force awakens that's that's kind of blows your mind because this story group now is is kind of intertwined and everything hopefully mm-hmm. is you know all in the same kind of universe thing so we'll see man it's it's pretty exciting and and talking about force awakens mike supposedly you're supposed to get a trailer uh this monday as of this recording did you hear that sorry i'm sorry i missed that what'd you say we're supposed to get a trailer oh the yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah the trailer yeah. yeah so sorry i'm actually just uh, i just found a, a, an article on Facebook about uh, them doing, like they've officially some theaters have officially announced uh, doing marathons movie marathons oh, up yeah. to, the, to yeah. the release of The Force Awakens because yeah. um, in conjunction with that the, the word on the street is that tickets are going on sale on Monday hopefully Monday, this yeah. episode's out before that and, um, <clears throat> and that means that uh, they some sites already have their their um, show times up on their websites. So Fandango wow. has a Star Wars marathon on their website, wow. and it lists it lists December seventeenth as the date. Now we know that December eighteenth is the release date of the movie, but mm-hmm. movies nowadays have early shows right like you do you right. like if you really want to go to to a, a you know the an early showing then then like a, as soon as possible instead of doing midnight showings and keeping theaters open until two o'clock in the morning they do them at 7 p.m the day before right, right. so the thursday night yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's entirely possible that that's what this is, um, but some rumors are saying that that it's been moved, like that they've bumped it up a day, um, because uh, in the UK it's coming out on like the fourteenth or something. Yeah, it comes out a day or two early. Yeah, in the UK. yeah. So, um, so it's entirely possible that that's what's going on, and some people have seen uh, movie tickets for as early as the the i think like the 16th which that to me would be not um not just the force awakens if 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 i had to guess that would be all of the movies right mm-hmm. so right um right. yeah i don't know it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with with this release stuff but uh but yeah i, I think it would, the 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 trailer's coming yeah now, now that this is kind of rebels related because now that rebels has premiered and that's done right like they don't have to talk about the premiere anymore <laughs> yeah. it's out of the way um you'll notice that like new york comic-con the force awakens was conspicuously absent yeah it was. they uh, didn't talk yeah. about it at all right no and no, that's no, because no. new york comic-con was all rebels because it was so close to the to the the uh, premiere of season two. So, right. Um, the second premiere of season two, we should say, because uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Siege of Lothal was a while ago. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I anticipate that like Monday morning, that it'll revert back to full, full, full Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Promotion. There's, there's already like TV shows and news shows that are. Yeah. 
uh, doing spots already about, hey, join us for on Monday morning, and, and they, they say, oh, and, and some surprise Force Awakens stuff coming. So, yeah, you know, they're, over here in the states, they're already kind of pumping up Monday. So. Mm. It's going to be a big day Monday. We'll talk about maybe uh, that next week, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, anything else before we jump into this episode? No, no. I think uh, I think we're all good. Oh. All right, let's do it. Vader. Dispatching the rebels. We can't just run. Lock down the spaceport. We can't beat that blockade. The Red Blades, they took her. If only we had more allies. I know someone. My name is Rex. The commanders Gregor and Wolf. We are fighting a bigger fight. There are questions. Questions that need answering. I'm not really a Jedi. Then be a pirate Jedi. The Empire put a bounty on you. You gonna try to collect? Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to other lost Jedi. I'm not afraid. All right, Mike, here we go. Let's talk about the Lost Commanders. The Rebel fleet travels through space, regrouping after the destruction of their command ship. They need a base and more allies. Ahsoka knows someone who may be of some help, a great military commander with a vast knowledge of the Outer Rim. The former Jedi has lost track of him, however, but she has an idea. Ahsoka gives the head of, a, of an old tactical droid to the ghost crew. She heard, uh, she heard that her friend was last seen in the Silo system, and the droid may be able to locate him there. Kanan, Sabine, and Ezra take the Phantom down to the surface. So, Micah, uh, we're coming off of, obviously, the last, like you said, the first premiere, and uh, we had that great end battle with, with Vader and all yeah. that. So. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of regrouping here. Um, the ghost crew and the commander, Sato, they discuss this strategy of, of what they're going to do now. And it was there was a couple scenes in there that was kind of neat. There was a shot of Ahsoka uh, when, when Ezra comes in, or he, when Ezra's there, and he kind of, he's starting to, to voice his, voice himself a little more. And you see this smile come uh, across Ahsoka, like, you know, maybe she senses something in, in Ezra, like, wow, this kid is really... He's really a go-getter, but I think she senses something more than that as far as his, like, maybe his force power or maybe his force future. Uh, so she has this little smile on her face, a little smirk, like, yeah, that's, you know, go for it, man. Do your thing. And then um, it's funny that Ahsoka has tried to contact Rex before, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, she, she couldn't get a hold of him. So I thought that was interesting that after she left the order, she's still trying to uh, to get a hold of Rex. And and I don't know, maybe we'll find out more of of what she was doing i don't know if they ever said anything about if we're going to find out about ahsoka's uh past of as far as what she did after yeah. leaving the order uh that would be interesting to see if they do that and and but i don't know there's a kind of hinted at that I mean, about i think i think that's perfect uh perfect ground for uh for a comic book series or a book or oh, yeah. something like that yeah. right to to sort of open mm-hmm. up and start telling those stories about ahsoka um and i know that a lot of fans a lot of fans would want to see some of that stuff in a movie <laughs> but oh, <yeah. laughs> i i think that that's yeah. a lot to hope for but uh, uh maybe 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 one day but it's so difficult to to do that because 
um, because the character, like it's Ashley Eckstein's character, right? And and although, you know, obviously Obi Wan Kenobi is is Alec Guinness, he's also been played by Ewan McGregor, and and of course uh, my favorite James Arnold Taylor, right? So right. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have somebody else play Ahsoka in a movie, somebody somebody uh, uh, well-known, somebody that can sort of uh, carry a movie. Not to say that, that Ashley Eckstein couldn't, but that's not really... Um, right. That's not really what she's known for. So I think that they'd have a hard right. time selling that to the general public, right? It's not, it's not about an actor's specific ability. It's about... Uh, it's about marketability, right? You got to have a big name right there on the front. It's funny. Uh, speaking of James Arnold Taylor, this is a bit of a tangent, but the the latest Ratchet and Clank trailer just came out for the movie that comes out in, in I think April. Uh, and I, uh, at the end of the trailer, they show all of these names like John Goodman and and uh, I. Oh, I can't remember any of the other ones, but all these famous names, right? Like all these people that are going to be, oh, uh, like uh, 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 Paul Giamatti and and like like it's got it has a star studded cast, but the two main characters are Ratchet and Clank and their names aren't there because it's James huh. Arnold Taylor and David K who are. <laughs> Yeah. They're voice actors, right? I mean, like that's what they do. That's their that's their their uh, vocation, their their specific line of work, their specialty. And uh, I, oh man, it makes me mad. It just, like I bristle when I see that because it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like there's all these these famous people in it. You want to highlight that, but the movie is starring James Arnold Taylor and David Kay. Like they are the main uh-huh. characters. So that's kind of the way that Hollywood treats voice actors so the idea that, right. that Ashley Eckstein would get to do a live action version of Ahsoka in her own movie is is a bit of a stretch but uh, yeah. that doesn't right. mean that we can't all hope right um, <laughs> that maybe one day yeah. we'll get something but um, but yeah yeah, I, w- I would love to, to sort of find out there are some hints dropped in this episode right uh, Rex mm-hmm. mentioned some things and, and uh, maybe we can talk about it when we, we get further down there but but yeah there's definitely there were definitely stories after the Clone Wars ended the series ended that Mm -hmm. involved Ahsoka and Rex together um, Mm -hmm. after she left the Order so so it's uh, it's it's interesting to me that they would drop those hints and uh, knowing Dave Filoni he wouldn't drop those hints without the intent of exploring them later he he tends to do that right he'll he'll sort of like throw these things out there and then go you know maybe maybe that's a good comic book maybe that's a that's a video game right like that sort of thing so yeah. uh so that's that's definitely i think i think that's definitely going to happen it's how it happens that's the interesting part but, yeah i think another interesting part too about this particular intro to the show here um ahsoka i was like why didn't she go down with them you know, she had mentioned before they left, you know, I have to go. Um, I think she said something like something's bothering me. Uh, I have to she didn't say I have to meditate, but obviously it's something to do with Vader. Like she's still her mind's still hung up on yeah. well, who the heck this this, uh, you know, Sith was or, or whatever. So I, I was like, why didn't she go down with him? You know, this is really important to her. She's got to meditate or something like that. But the last thing she says, Mike, before before she leaves is, hey, uh, and she's kind of directing this directly at Kanan, like trust him. Mm-hmm. And she actually says yeah. it twice. She goes, Kanan, 
trust him. It's like a big FBI clue. Like she knows, and we all know as the audience know that Kanan is not going to like this at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we saw, actually we read, if anybody's read the comic, uh, the first issue of Kanan is the very end of the book. It's, uh, it's Sidious telling, I can't remember the, the trooper's name, you know, hey, execute order 66. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's, and actually, Kanan will explain this to Ezra a little bit and a little bit, a little later. Yeah. Um, but again, she is telling him, hey, you need to trust him. And because she knows he's going to have a, a very hard time uh, seeing Rex and Gregor and Wolf as allies. And, and we'll get to that point. But I thought that was interesting. I don't, any. Any uh, clues, Mike, of what's going on with her as far as not going down with him? Um, um, I you think that'd be a big thing for her because she's been looking for 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 Rex for a long time, yeah. and then they finally seems like they're gonna find him. She's like, "Oh, you guys deal with it." I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a test for a Canaan. I don't know. You know? Yeah, I, I I do think that it is. I think that I think that Ahsoka. Um, you have to remember that Ahsoka as a character is the perfect blend of Obi Wan and Anakin. So. Um, this is a very Obi-Wan thing to do is to, <clears throat> to look at the situation. Um, she's got something very important that she has to do, but she mm -hmm. looks at like, I, th I think you can kind of look at it like the way that Obi-Wan looks at Luke in a new hope <clears throat> where Obi-Wan's like, I have to go face Vader, but yeah. you have to rescue the princess. Like it's that sort of a thing where it's like obviously right. Obi-Wan could have helped them rescue Princess Leia and gotten away but instead like Obi-Wan knows that he has to face Vader and yeah. I think that there's an aspect here where Ahsoka feels the same way she knows True. like her priority has to be the Sith Lord because right. that like <clears throat> and I'm sure that, that like previous to this she'd heard things about Vader but had not had not encountered him and so in that moment when she encounters him uh and feels what she feels uh and, and like it's 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 mixed feelings and she's not sure what's going on she knows that she has to get to the bottom of that because that could be kind of the key to everything mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas i uh, and not like again in the same way that obi-wan thinks about it saving princess leia and getting r2 back to to the to the rebels uh is important for the rebellion to defeat the death star and to to make that that strike against the empire right mm -hmm. but the most important part of defeating the empire is dealing with the sith and in order to do that obi-wan has to go do what he does and i think ahsoka feels the same way she she recognizes that that there are sith lords in control of the empire <clears throat> and so she knows that that's her priority she's the only one as far as far as she knows because she doesn't know that yoda and obi-wan are out there right. <clears throat> which is something interesting that that i'll get into in a second but I, she looks at that as a responsibility and I, I think especially once she realizes that it may be Anakin and I don't think that she's 100% sure right like I think that she right, she yeah. senses something but she's not she's mm -hmm. not 100% confident that, that that's Anakin because right. he is so twisted because it is so his, his, his it's not like when, when Vader senses Obi-Wan Obi-Wan's the same Right, like it's it, it, his his 
sort of his uh, aura in the Force wouldn't have changed from when he was younger, right? Like, it's still Obi-Wan. But because Anakin was twisted by the dark side, his presence would be different. It would be, like, colder and, and more... Uh, I, foreboding and terrifying and full of fear and anger and all that stuff so that but there would definitely be hints of anakin so she's kind of thinking like is this anakin or is this just somebody else like anakin right Mm -hmm. right so she has to go i think I, i don't think it's just about like meditating or or just using the force i think she has to track down some leads she has to yeah she actually she actually has to go do something in order to figure this out now, right. into what I was alluding to a moment ago, which is that uh, Ahsoka doesn't seem to realize that, that Obi-Wan and Yoda are out there somewhere. Yoda and Obi-Wan, I don't know if they realize that Ahsoka is out there. Obi-Wan, I would almost certainly say doesn't. Like, he, he has no idea, right? Mm-hmm. But... Yoda, we know, like, Yoda last season came to Ezra and communicated with him through the Force, uh, like, across the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. So his ability... Now, they were in a Jedi Temple, so that might have had something to do with it. Like, because the Force was strong there, he might have, like, Yoda might have been able to tap into that and and use that as sort of, like, a, a, a signal boost, but... Um, just like how Obi-Wan is able to briefly appear to, to Luke on, on Hoth, but like only very briefly, and then he can just hang out on Dagobah, right? Like, that's right. not a big deal. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I feel like that needs to be explained. I feel like somebody needs to say something at some point about mm-hmm. why... Um, why Yoda and Obi-Wan cuz cuz this is where I get hung up on it. In Return of the Jedi when Yoda dies, he says to Luke, "When when when gone I am the last of the Jedi you will be," right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That doesn't hold true if Kanan and Ezra are out there, if Ahsoka is out there. Uh, I see. Like this is that's this is what I find the most interesting about these characters existing in this time, is that like it's a, it's a lot like what we were talking about with the Inquisitors and and when Mace Windu and Yoda say in Episode One, you know, it's all always two. There are a master and an apprentice. Um, when they have that conversation, it it insinuates something that like there's nobody else. There aren't these like dark Jedi running around. But then we get Asajj Ventress, and then we get the Inquisitor, and now we're getting two more Inquisitors, and we've got Kylo Ren coming, who's not a Sith, but he's not a Jedi, and like I and it always goes back to it always goes back to anytime that the continuity is in question mm-hmm. anytime something fluxes like this you just go back to to obi-wan and uh, and and what he says you know uh, what i told you was true from a certain point of view yeah. right <laughs> so luke being the last of the properly fully trained jedi trained by a jedi master 
means that he is like he's the last of the Jedi. He's the like truly the last of the Jedi heritage, right? He was a Padawan. He became a knight, and then you know uh, eventually mm-hmm. eventually a master. That sort of thing. Right. Um, in their order, so to speak, even though it was somewhat unorthodox, Kanan is not really a Jedi because he, he didn't finish his training. He's somewhere right. in between a Jedi and, and you know, a, a scoundrel of some sort. That's why they call him <laughs> the cowboy Jedi, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's that, he is that perfect blend. It's funny, because when you put uh, uh, Ahsoka next to Kanan, there are really interesting dynamics that happen because Ahsoka is Obi-Wan and Anakin and Kanan is Luke and Han. Han, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and and then Ezra is just straight up another Luke. He's just if 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 yeah. somebody had been training if if Obi-Wan had been training Luke from from the appropriate age, then that's kind of what Ezra like that Ezra is what Luke would have been like, I think. But mm. Um, there's a there's an interesting dynamic going on there, <clears throat> and can you like Ahsoka is not a Jedi anymore, right? Like that's she uh, uh, Palpatine in that trailer refers to her as her as a lost Jedi, right? And that's what Kanan is. He's a lost Jedi as well, right? And so, like, what what are they? Like they're this other classification. They're they're not Jedi Jedi. They're something else. They're somewhere in between a Jedi and and something completely different. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's it, there's a it requires more exploration, and we need more information yeah. on this. Um, but at some point, at some point, someone at Lucasfilm is going to have to explain. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, if these characters survive, if they're around by Return of the Jedi. Uh, where are they? What are they doing? How come, you know, they never hook up with Luke? How come mm-hmm. none of this is ever made, you know, totally clear? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, well, one of, the, one of the things you just said before we move on, as far as Return of the Jedi and Yoda, and the key part of that, of his phrase, last of the Jedi is of, the, the, the word of, because he says, he doesn't say you are the last Jedi, you're mm-hmm. last of, the Jedi. So it makes it sound like there is more out there, but he's like, I think you made a great point is he's the last of the true, like proper, like you said, properly trained. They, yeah. And even though, even though Luke wasn't necessarily properly trained, yeah. he still went through, you know, over the, uh, and I, you know, as far as timeline, it was what it was, it was, it was a, a few years, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, properly trained where, you know, he, he accepts it and then he's got to go through certain things. And then his ultimate, um, Jedi trial was, was defeating Vader, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is a, that's a big key point you said right there about the property train. Cause Kanan obviously never went through that. Um, Ahsoka, she, I don't, I don't think you could say she went through any type of major trial to make herself a Jedi master. Cause she quit the order obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, like we haven't, we, we certainly haven't seen any evidence of it yet. I mean, I, yeah. I, Kanan does go through a couple of trials because he definitely, he definitely goes through a trial when, when his master is murdered in front sure. of him. And then, yeah, like right. that's a, that's the force sort of imposing a trial on him, right? Which is something mm-hmm. that, that we're familiar with 
uh, through both Anakin and Luke, yeah. who have these unconventional trials because according like in the you know you look at like the the path of the jedi and other sort of source material that explains the 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 way that a jedi becomes a knight and then and then a master Mm -hmm. um there are certain trials that happen but they happen within the confines of the temple and they're expected to be like sort of not necessarily controlled but um sort of uh, and not predetermined but but just sort of measurable, right? Like, like they, they, they had it sort of figured out, so they would put you in a scenario where the trials would present themselves to you if mm-hmm. you were ready. And that was one of the things, is that, you know, like, if you're not ready, then you can't even do the trials anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, Obi-Wan, his first trial is when he defeats Darth Maul, right? Anakin's right. first trial is when Dooku cuts his arm off. Uh, Luke's first trial uh, I I I can and I can never remember them the only one I ever remember is the trial of the flesh because it's really easy to remember because it means that you get an arm cut off but uh, (laughs) something happens right but uh, Luke's first trial is the cave which I think is the trial of the spirit or like the Mm -hmm. trial of the self something Mm -hmm. like that um when he goes into the cave and then his second one is when he faces Vader for the Vader first, first time, time. Right, and, exactly. and he faces the second trial when Vader cuts his hand off right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah the, I don't see any evidence of of any of the other trials with Kanan so uh, yeah like he's not like well, that's it. he refers to himself as not being a Jedi Knight right, right? like he's he, he when people sort of say that to him he kind of goes no not really right so i don't know i think it would be really interesting to see to find out from ahsoka whether or not she did her own trials and whether or not she feels like she's got knight status or or even higher than that and then if she helps kanan finish his trials right but Mm -hmm. she might um, she might even be in for another huge trial in this series um, yeah, she might you know, be facing sure. off Vader again, you know, yeah. and and yeah. look at Luke, Mike. I mean, he took the ultimate as far as trials. I mean, you talk about properly trained. Obviously, his his training was accelerated. Yeah. But what other Jedi <laughs> has a trial where you are directly uh, against the Sith Lord, the Sith Lord, and a trial of being seduced by the dark side? I mean, not yeah. many Jedi have to go through a trial like that, and he conquered that. So obviously, yeah. Luke's his power is beyond i mean he's descendant of the greatest jedi ever so yeah. he's gonna have a little more uh a little more weight to his his uh or a little more experience or not experience but just power you know so yeah anyway yeah, um sure. yeah, man, we, we gotta we, we could do a whole episode on just that kind of stuff man it's crazy <laughs> yeah, for sure uh, uh, go ahead you yeah, let's going? continue uh, upon arrival the droid head awakens and repeats a number seven five six seven over and over again it's homing in on something they spot some kind of a walking tank in the distance, an old Republic ATTE, like the kind used during the Clone Wars. Three old geezers, according to Zeb, emerge heavily armed. Ezra repeats the number 7567 to them, and the leader is shocked. It's his birth number. Kanan realizes they're clones and ignites his lightsaber. One of the troopers opens fire, worried the Jedi have returned for revenge, but cooler heads prevail. The head clone introduces the group. Uh, his name is Rex, captain of the 501st, and he's joined by Wolf and Gregor. 
When Ezra says he was sent by Ahsoka Tano, Rex replies, a friend of hers is a friend of mine. You just say? Uh, I, I said 7567. Seven. I haven't heard those digits in that's my birth number. Birth number? They're clones. Stan, wait! Stop! Jedi, they've come for revenge. Drop the blaster, old man. That's how you bore you. I'll gun you down. Stand down, troopers. Now, that's an order, soldier. But he's a Jedi. A Jedi. I know, I know. But they weren't the ones that betrayed us. Remember, Wolf. Remember? Kanan, Ahsoka said to trust them. Sorry about the, um, weapons malfunction. <laughs> My friend here is just a little defensive. See, we haven't seen a Jedi since, uh, well, it's been a while. Well, my name's Ezra. This is Kanan. That's Sabine and Zeb. It's nice to meet you, 7567. Seven. Actually, my name is Rex, Captain, 501st Clone Battalion. The commanders Gregor and Wolf. We were sent by Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. I fought by her side from the Battle of Christophsis to the Siege of Mandalore. And a friend of hers is a friend of mine. All right, Mike. We got Rex is back. Yeah. Clones are back. Gregor Wolf. Uh, if anybody else was out there was doubting whether that was Gregor and Wolf, we do have confirmation now. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, as far as the scene and coming down to the planet, first of all, I love what they've done to the tank. You know, yeah. it's yeah. kind of like they got these wind chimes on it, you know, and there's, yeah. you know, they've altered it with just all kinds of goofy stuff. As you as you kind of pan around the ship, yeah. you can see they've done some things to it. Um, obviously, the clones are a lot older. They're aging. Um, and and Gregor is a little on the nutty side. And I yeah. believe the 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 um, reason for that was he was he, last time we saw him, he was we thought he was blown, you know, blown to bits. Yeah. And they said that might have rattled his his cage a little bit and rattled the brain a little bit and got him a little crazy but wolf yeah. also um i thought it was interesting that uh the first thing that he, of course kanan once he finds out they're clones he's he's off the rails now it's 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 go time you know it's yeah. they're going to betray us but also wolf said the same thing you know he said uh rex had to calm down like hey these weren't the ones that betrayed us uh so there's a there's a back and forth going between like the jedi and the clones now, but Rex obviously he recognizes that, uh, you know, he had he was around Obi, he was around the greatest Jedi of, of all time, so he kind of knows, hey, chill out. And he does confirm, uh, does confirm, Mike, that they did pull the chips out of their head, yeah, and uh, thus kind of also, See, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. it's interesting though because, um, I think that all three of them had their chips removed in different ways because. Hmm. For me, like the they uh, Dave Filoni has sort of intimated that that after after the events of of uh, the the of fives uh, sort of discovering the chip and and he told like he straight up told Rex there's a chip in your head and it's gonna make you turn on the Jedi and Rex sort of dismissed it at the time mm-hmm. but I think that uh, that Rex being Rex and we all we all kind of know like he's he's a good soldier but he's also you know he's Anakin's yeah right uh, clone captain right yeah, yeah. so he's got he has independence and he certainly has that that um, 
uh, curiosity and and sort of free spirit of it, right? So, uh, I I would imagine that that soon after that happened, because um, you're getting pretty close to the end of the Clone Wars at that point. Mm-hmm. So soon after that happens, uh, Rex looks into it and removes his chip, right? Um, probably before Order sixty six, right? Gregor, you kind of like I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, and and the they've also talked about like you know there was this huge explosion and that's kind of what makes him a little bit kooky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because I think both him and Wolf have signs of post traumatic stress. Oh yeah, for sure. But they presents in very different ways, right? right? Um, for for Gregor it makes him a little bit like his inhibitions are a little bit shut down mm-hmm. um for for wolf it's his paranoia yeah, is on the opposite yeah overdrive yeah yeah um he's kind of uh, stressed about everything so um but i think with gregor it was like there it's entirely possible that how he hit his head could have damaged the chip much in, in, oh, in yeah. a similar way sure. to to what happened to the trooper in that that clone arc, the Order sixty six arc in in season season six. Mm-hmm. What is that? The, the lost six. episodes, whatever it is, right? Um, of the Clone Wars, right? That that clearly something malfunctioned with his chip, and it it ended up kind of like he ended up dying as a result, but. Um, but it's possible that for, for Gregor, uh, they managed to get the chip out. Somebody managed to get the chip out without killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it left him a little bit, a little, you know, the, the way that he is, right? A, a little bit wacky, a little bit, oh, yeah. bit zany. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know, man. For, for my money, the way that Wolf talks about it and the way that, that Rex has to calm him down by saying the Jedi didn't betray us remember they're not the ones that betrayed us Mm -hmm. to me that means that Rex got rid of his chip but Wolf didn't get rid of his in time and and that possibly one of the reasons why Wolf is still around is because Rex Rex. got to him as Order 66 was happening or like soon after Order 66 mm-hmm. um cause I can I can sort of envision a scenario in which uh Order 66 happens Rex is is with the clone troopers when it happens the 501st goes with Anakin to the Jedi Temple mm-hmm. right but Rex isn't there like why isn't Rex yeah, there right right and to me like I, the, the way that I see it is that Rex is like when it happens and he sees everybody sort of like start to go, he tries to save other clone troopers. Like he sees that there's something wrong, that everybody's like programmed and that he was right and the 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 fives was right and all that and, and that he manages to get to Wolf and get the chip out of Wolf, but only after it's already taken effect. So it's been removed, but Wolf still has sort of like these memories of the Jedi as enemies and that's where the conflict is right like that's where all of this aggression and everything comes from so so when he sees that lightsaber for the first time he goes it's a Jedi kill the Jedi sort mm-hmm. of thing right um, so I don't know that's kind of, that's kind of the way that I've I've 
worked it out in my head and and i don't know how do you feel about it i just i just want to see this is another part of the past that gosh it'd be so cool to see like like you said how did rex you know, because like, like you said, we don't see him in attack, of, or uh, you don't see the march on the uh, the temple with Anakin. Yeah, obviously he's not in that. You know, I want to see how the heck did he, how the heck did this happen? You know, where did he come from, or where did he go? So, I'm kind of, I'm up in the air. I have no idea. This, I think the the cool thing about this dynamic is, like you said, there's the opposites between Gregor and Wolf. Uh, Gregor being, he's more trusting a little loopy you know he's he's yeah. friendlier and you got wolf on the other hand who's paranoid about everything you'll see how paranoid he is just in a second here and how far he goes because he's so yeah. worried about things um but that's that's kind of where i'm at you know i'm up in the air as far as rex i just i want to see I'd love, I'd love to see some kind of backstory about what happened with him um but we'll, we'll get there in this like i said we'll get there as far as i got something to say about uh about Wolf and Gregor too in a second here. Uh, I'm gonna continue Mike real quick. Yeah. Uh, Wolf warns about the dangers of aiding the rebels, but Gregor sees an opportunity too good to, too good to miss. Gregor informs the ghost crew what they need, uh, what they will need to catch a Jupa. Meanwhile, Agent Callus receives news of a binary transmission from an old clone unit on Silos, something about a Jedi. Ezra asks Kanan why he has so much trouble trusting the clones. Kanan tells Ezra that the clones betrayed the Jedi at the end of the Clone Wars, and his master was killed. Just then, Rex overhears Kanan tell, uh, tell him that he, Wolf, and Gregor did not kill any Jedi, having removed their control chips before Order 66. In the distance, an Imperial probe droid uh, dispatched by the Empire rises from the sands to investigate its target uh, destination. So. Uh, it was a really cool scene, Mike, uh, here about mm-hmm. um, Kanan, like kind of reflecting because K- Ezra wants to know, like, hey, what's going on? Why don't Why don't you trust? Why don't you trust the the clones? And Kanan kind of like he's so traumatized by it, it seems like that he doesn't even want to talk about it. But he realizes, yeah. you know, this is Ezra. He's training him. He's he's probably needs to know what's going on. And uh, he kind of gets really. Uh, really quiet and reflective and you can feel the pain like in his voice when he talks about what happened uh and he talks about mike he talks about order 66 you know you know this is what happened yeah and then and then rex overhears that and he's like whoa you know and this is where we get where we get into what happened you know rex just basically all he says is that they removed the chips um obviously they had to remove them before order 66 at least at least rex is right yeah um so he's kind of telling, hey, you know, I, I was right with you. And he talks about, um, uh, just after this, he's talking to Kanan. He says, hey, uh, a great Jedi once told me, um, you know, I, what was the quote he said? I had it written down somewhere. Something about leaders. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, the best leaders lead by example. Uh, and he said, a great Jedi told him that. And this is a little farther down in the, in the story. But... Is he talking about Anakin? I, I don't remember Anakin saying that, but it could have been something he said to him, you know, anytime. We don't know. Yeah. I think he's talking about Anakin, though. He could have been talking about Ahsoka, but I think he's talking about Anakin. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like, this is a, a lot more stuff. No, deep. Yeah, um, I think. Or Yoda, maybe? No, I, he. Uh... No, it wasn't Yoda. I do think it, I think it was Anakin, and I think that he does give. 
there's a couple of times where Anakin kind of gives a couple of speeches to some of the clones. And the one that's coming to mind is in the, the, um, the arc and not the arc. Cause it's only one episode. Cause it's season one where the trooper betrays them. Um, and I can't remember the title, the name of the episode, but the one, the one where the where the one clone trooper is working for the separatists, I feel like there is there's something in there, uh, like where where Anakin says something to that effect of like like he's talking to to Rex and he says something about leading by example, right? Um, I, I it's it is familiar like when he said it it was immediately familiar to me where right, I was like yeah. yeah no that's it's definitely Anakin it's definitely Anakin um yeah I don't know if anybody listening has any other uh memories of of maybe because maybe it was Obi-Wan maybe it was maybe it was uh, uh Ahsoka but uh but I don't know because it's Rex. I think that that that's sort of what's insinuated is that it's is that it is Anakin that he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, like I said, Wolf. Um, we talked about Wolf too. He's so paranoid that he's already alerting, uh, you know, Agent Callus and, and the Empire that there's you know there's a Jedi. He actually tells them, hey, there's Jedi. There's a Jedi down here. And of course, like the Empire, they say, oh, that's a bunch of quirky old clones, you know. Yeah. And uh, but they said, hey, you know, Callus is is uh really, really resourceful and he's like no no we're, we're checking that out and uh, send a probe droid down there so yeah wolf he's on the paranoid side and he talks about mike how he he doesn't want to get involved you know he doesn't want to cause any trouble because they obviously know how, how yeah. bad the empire has gotten and um so he's anytime he can he's gonna you know make sure they're safe and and uh, not under the watchful eye of the empire so a lot of a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to keep going? We'll go. Yeah, uh, Gregor and Ezra stand at the stern of the ATTE clone tank, watching Zeb trek into the open landscape with a laser line tied to his waist. Zeb finds himself caught in the long, snaky tongue of the Jupa, ready to pull him under the surface, as he is not the hunter but the bait. After a furious battle with the beast, Ezra looks up at the monstrous Jupa that has just emerged from the ground in a thick, billowing cloud of smoke. A jubilant Gregor aids Zeb as he emerges from the Jupa's mouth, dazed and confused. Carabas. Zeb, run! Get out of there! What are you doing? Run!
tell you what, Mike, this has got to be one of my favorite uh, homages to any movie that has happened in in all of Star Wars. I'm telling you what. Yeah. And I don't know. I haven't listened to any other podcasts. I haven't read any reviews of this episode. And I don't know if anybody else is on the same page as me. And I, I know a few guys are because they texted me and told me about this. And, uh, and maybe some of our younger viewers, some of the younger listeners won't know what's going on. But a huge, huge um, homage to Jaws. And that's what I was talking about yeah. earlier, about 1975, one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. Uh, I mean, Mike, this thing was littered with callbacks to Jaws. Yeah. And just some of the few of them, Mike, um, as far as like... Just like I talked about earlier, they're, the tag that they made, it's kind of this clunky old thing that's running around the desert. It's all yeah. tricked out the way they like it. It has um, the uh, the pulpit that and basically on the stern of the boat, it has that, yeah. that pulpit that comes out that you do. And it has the some kind of a jaws, uh, you know, on the front. Yeah, um, yeah, there are actual, yeah, like, like yeah. animal jaws right on the front. And I, yeah, I noticed that and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's so funny because after people said it online, I was like, oh, now I get it. I mean, I mean, you <laughs> but when I was clip. watching it, it didn't even, it didn't even really? occur to me. Yeah. <laughs> it just snapped me. And you know what it was? Here's the, one of the main things is the musical cues that they, that they, that Kiner did in this, in this, uh, in this episode, the musical cues were mm. so right spot on with the, the, the lighthearted, um, uh, stuff that was going on as far as musically as they're chasing it uh, the the uh, the laser almost fishing line that's out there and, and as soon as the Jupa takes it you know it's taking them on this chase and then the lightheartedness of the music and yeah. it gets it gets a little dark and, and foreboding as far as boom 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 so I mean you got that you got um, like I said the beast when he takes the bait and he runs just like it did in the original Jaws when, the, when Quint is there uh, fishing and it starts snapping the line all of a sudden and boom it's gone you know uh, what else like I said the musical themes the hints of John Williams' original score in Jaws uh, and then of course even like Gregor he's he's almost like um, wacky and, and he shows the wacky and excitement of of like a Quint did in the original Jaws yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Quint was kind of like man he's he's all he's kind of nutty Quint was a nut himself and he was after this Jaws after, yeah. the, after the shark so so many great things and just the whole vibe of that scene was all about Jaws so uh, a couple like I said a couple guys texted me after they watched it like was it just was it me or was that a little did that seem <laughs> Jawsy to you I'm like oh hell yeah it did it was great so uh, it's funny that you didn't actually notice it until uh, you said you read it somewhere yeah well I just I, I some people have kind of been pointing it out online yeah, um, yeah. and I think and one of them was definitely like on our Facebook page, right? But uh, but yeah. yeah, I have seen I have seen a couple of articles, so you're not you're not alone. You're not the only one. Okay, uh, okay. I, I have seen. I think uh, I think maybe it was like comicbook.com or or maybe it was comic book resources. I always get those two kind of well, mixed even, up. But even was, I was gonna say even Zeb they use him as the bait. It's kind of like yeah. the chum of of Josh, you know. So uh, yeah, you know, had they had they like done a, you know i like sort of how they do their really heavy-handed references to star wars in the clone wars yeah where they would just like straight up say lines right out of the movies um if they had done something a little bit more like that i think i probably would have put it together faster mm. but i'm honestly like i love jaws and i have seen the movie several times 
but I don't know that I'm familiar enough with Jaws to pick up the musical cues like you did. Um, you know, I mean, like, if they had used one of the, like, sort of the more iconic Jaws I mean, musical cue that everybody knows. They, but, can't, they can't use the Jaws thing because yeah. that's, that's too much. But No, obviously. But, like I said, when they're, when they're chasing <laughs> uh, the Jupiter yeah. Beast... Yeah, um, like as soon as you point that stuff out to me, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, that is in Jaws. Yeah. Like that is that's totally Jaws. Like that's a hundred percent right. Yeah, and uh, and like you point out the the off the the front of the the ATT, they've got that that sort of like gangplank sort of like the yeah. with the yeah. railing and everything, which is, and then the 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 poles. Are just like they've got the almost like don't they have nuts. they have like the po- the poles with the dynamite on them don't they yeah that they some kind uh, of chart or something yeah that's not in the first Jaws I think that's in Jaws four could be yeah. yeah in Jaws the Revenge and the reason why I bring that up is because that's my favorite Jaws movie is is the the fourth one and what? like like I don't <laughs> you, you have to. You have to understand. I'm not saying it's the best Jaws movie. Uh, it's my favorite Jaws movie because it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, yeah. Right? I, I, it's just like how I tell people, like, Terminator 3 is my favorite Terminator movie because it's the most fun, right? Like, Terminator 1 is is what I think is the best one. I know a lot of people think that T2 is the best, but T2 doesn't exist without Terminator. Yeah. And it's the same sort of thing where it's like Jaws is one of the best movies ever made. I mean, it's what kind of what put Steven Spielberg on the map, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That and Close Encounters, and then later on Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jurassic Park and everything. But, like, it was like that sort of one-two punch of Jaws, and then he follows it up with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? And, uh, like, those movies together, it's like, holy crap, this guy's a genius. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, the, and then the second Jaws... It's just a rehash. It's just the first movie again, right? Right. right. But Jaws 3D, uh, which is the 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 third one with uh, uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, it's okay. It's kind of goofy, and, yeah, like yeah. like the shark looks terrible in that one. Out of all the movies, that shark looks the worst. But Jaws 4, it has um, uh, is it Lance Guest? I want to say Lance Guest, mm. the who is the star of uh, Starfighter, the last Starfighter, right? Oh, uh, yeah, which yeah. is one of my favorite '80s movies of all time. I uh, and I and I just love him. Uh, and then it's also got Michael Caine in it, and the stuff that happens when they're not hunting the shark is really interesting to me i really like the characters and the, and the dynamics and and everything and like it's sort of and and the uh the uh uh roy scheider's character his wife is in it and and it's like it's one of his sons right yeah. the the lance guest character is that's his son is yeah. lance guest is one of his sons and he's like a uh, art he's like a he's a he's a marine biologist marine he's actually i think yeah. he's supposed to be the same character from that dennis quaid played right but um yeah, I, I, I just, I love the fact that they're not trying to kill Jaws. Although it's not, it's not Jaws. It's like one of, it's like the son of Jaws sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, 
but yeah, I, I just I love that it's yeah it is it, I was right it's Lance Guest. Um, I love that it's a to it's a different perspective, mm. right? That it's not because you know, with the first movie, the first movie's classic, it's awesome, and then the second movie they rehash it. The third movie is what happens if Jaws gets into SeaWorld, yeah, <laughs> right? right? Which is okay, but it's mostly just you know. Uh, uh, seeing you know what goes wrong it's like it's a lot like Jurassic Park I think um, but uh, although it's before Jurassic Park but um, with the fourth one I don't know I just like, I think that there are some really good performances there's some good characters I know that everybody else thinks that it's the dumbest of them all because this great white shark goes from like like you know, following these people, yeah, yeah. It's like from from uh, basically like off the coast of New York, sort of thing, like Long Island, sort of area, yeah, all the way to isn't the Bahamas or something? The like that? Bahamas, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, and great white sharks don't like warm water, right? Like they don't they don't go into warm water. They they stick in colder water. So, like the idea that a great white shark would go and all like it's all ridiculous and silly, but. Um, I really like it. It's my favorite <laughs> one. And I'm pretty sure, like, they, they, because they're marine biologists and they're, they're sort of, they're, they're, they have the equipment to tag stuff. They have, like, a pole with a tracker on it at one point. Mm-hmm. And, oh, right. Because like, okay. they, they try and tag his fin, the, the shark's fin, so that they can track it and see where it is. And they do it. And, uh, but then later on in the movie, I think they use them. Like they put dynamite on the like with the same pole, and they like to like stick the dynamite into the shark, mm. and uh, and I think they end up actually like using that like he uses that to shove dynamite down its throat, and that's how he kills it. But uh, just thinking about that like that because they because they also sort of in Jaws four they also sort of play on that the the boat and everything and like like sort of the homage to the boat and. And, and whatnot. Um, so I think that's where I'm like, I'm mixing those two up. Yeah. But uh, well, I don't know. There might be some Jaws 2 in there as well. I, it's It's been so long since I've seen Jaws 2 and 3. Like, I've I've seen the first Jaws a lot, and, and I've, I've seen it fairly recently. And then Jaws the Revenge, I think I've probably seen the most. I think I've, I've probably seen Jaws the Revenge about ten times. I know it pretty well. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, even in this, even in this episode, of Rebels, you know the way they kill the Jupa is, you know, at the very end he blasts into his mouth uh, like a, yeah. you know, so somewhat similar to the, the scuba tank and blowing him up. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, <clears throat> yeah, like you said, I think that obviously the visual cues, the smaller visual cues, and then the audio cues, just some. Some yeah. really great stuff. It just, I think I think it would have been nice if Ezra would have said, and I'll bet you anything it was in a draft of the script and they probably pulled it out. But uh, it would have been nice if, if Ezra would have said, I think we're going to need a big tank. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Great. I mean, that's, that is, I mean, I think that would be, instead of using, like like you said, a musical cue or the theme of Jaws is too much. Yeah. But yeah. something like that, you know, obviously, a lot of younger viewers might not catch that, but all of us who are Jaws yeah. fans are like, "Oh, that would be that would be so funny." But for the for those younger fans that don't know what we're talking about and have like that know what Jaws is but have never watched it, go back and watch Jaws. Oh man, watch all four of them. Yeah, just watch them because I think that they're all worthwhile. I think like 
three and four are pretty terrible, but yeah. they're also they also have some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, in three, when when I uh, the all the people are in like the underwater tunnel, and and Jaws like smashes into it, and like oh that's that is a totally suspenseful moment, and it's something that I have nightmares about. Like is about like being in one of those underwater aquarium tunnels. Mm-hmm. That that scares the living snot out of me so mm. people should people should be watching jaws yeah and watching all of them regardless of their individual quality oh man unbelievable great film that's just, we got yeah. we got to talk about that one of the times on the on the monthly uh oh yeah we should totally do that on, on on a yeah or on a, on a or thunder quack round table yeah for sure yeah um I guess uh, we'll finish it out mike uh, the imperial imperial probe droid scans its target from afar and spots rex Kanan and Ezra in the moments following their capture of the Jupa. Kanan listens silently as Rex and Ezra discuss the purpose of the Clone Wars that cost so many lives. Wolf expresses his regret after Rex confronts him about informing the Empire of their situation with the ghost crew. Rex receives a long-range blaster rifle from Ezra, who urges him to clean up the clone's mess by gunning down the fleeing Imperial probe droid. Uh, though the probe is uh, dro- probe droid is destroyed, the damage is already done. The Empire now knows the whereabouts of the ghost crew. How long has this thing been watching us? Long enough. How's the Phantom? Well, engine took a direct hit. We're not going anywhere until I can fix it. Wait, you mean we're stranded? Yep. And the Empire's on its way. Mike, we're left with another true uh, cliffhanger, or not a cliffhanger, but a, a two-part episode. And uh, as I was reading this here, again, we had, we had talked about that a really good scene between Ezra, Rex, and Kanan, and about the Clone Wars, and, and like we yeah. talked about earlier, and uh, just some of the emotion that involved that uh, Order 66, and we see it from different sides. We've seen it, obviously, in the movies, and yeah. we've seen it here as as a young Kanan was, uh, some, you know, as if you're reading a comic uh, you know about that. So really cool yeah. scene there. Um, again, and, and we get to see a scene with, with Sabine and her new hair, uh, as she finds out that it was Wolf and the, the clones who kind of betrayed them a little bit, but yeah. Rex is the one to turn everything around and he shows <clears throat> kind of, he kind of makes up for it with his, uh, showing he still has the skills with the, with the sniper rifle, you know, and takes out the, uh, takes out the probe droid yeah uh, so oh, man so that moment uh, is my favorite moment in the episode when ezra grabs the 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 rifle and hands yeah. it to him and yeah. he pulls out that that awesome uh, uh old school clone trooper the long rifle which is one of my favorite guns in star wars i just oh, love yeah. the look of it because it's just like it's so excessive right like it's just so but there's a it just like it creates this really cool silhouette almost uh, and just in the way that it's shaped because it's so reminiscent of the E11 blasters from from the original movies mm-hmm. but then it's just this sort of huge version of it and when a clone trooper holds it up and it's just sort of like this long line i i don't know there's something yeah i think it also like it's sort of very anime to me like it's very uh, it reminds me a lot of um uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion where like there's a f- really famous sequence in one of the episodes of that show where one of the the big mechs uses a, sh- a humongous 
long range sniper rifle and uh but like a long range sniper rifle the size of like buildings because they're mm. giant robots right um so like there's this like i i love the look of that gun and when it when they get used and that sort of and like cause it also evokes um attack of the clones and the great sequence from that i mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the battle of geonosis when you first see those guns right when you first see that and and just for ezra like toss it to rex and rex just you know like uh, it's just it's so familiar it's just, and it's funny because it's familiar prequel stuff which mm-hmm. is really odd it's a really odd sensation I know we're going into a new era of movies, so now prequels can be nostalgic, but like that's where it is for me. Like the prequels are no longer like we have we have moved well past that era. Now that the Clone Wars has been gone for a couple of years, we've had Rebels for a full season. Uh, we're all amped up about the Force Awakens. I'm finding myself being really <laughs> nostalgic about Episode One, Two, and Three. Mm-hmm to the point where my memory of them is better than the actual movies themselves. Because <laughs> yeah. when I was working on on some of the, the top Star Wars sketch cards that I've been drawing, uh, when I did the first round of them, I, I was watching, like I put on the movies in the background like i just threw them on onto the tv sort of to like help me be inspired and you know just to kind of be in the star wars mood while i was drawing and i put on like i watched i did the machete order i did four five uh, two two three and then six i didn't watch one gotcha but i found i what i found was that um, especially when you put the prequels in the midst of the classic trilogy Mm -hmm. they just uh, like it's true they're not as good they're not as good i still think that they're good movies and mm-hmm. i still like them but man when you put them up against the original trilogy it's a, it's no contest like the original trilogy wins hands down every time just in not in terms of, of nostalgia or feeling but they're just they're better movies like they're empire strikes back is one of the most perfectly constructed films of all time and and i think so is a new hope like like they're mm-hmm basically flawless there's nothing that needs to change about them um doesn't stop george lucas from wanting to change things about them but uh, but you know like they are perfect movies um so yeah going back and watching them it's it's weird like because the my nostalgia especially colored by the clone wars anakin going back and watching anakin in episodes two and three uh, but particularly two, not as much three. He's much better in three. Like Hayden Christensen is much better in three. Uh, but going back and watching Attack of the Clones after having watched the Clone Wars, it just like it's almost cringeworthy because Matt Lanter's Anakin is so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like he's so pitch perfect that going back, <clears throat> it's like. Uh, yeah. But there are some things about those movies that are undeniably awesome and the clone troopers and the that sequence in in attack of the clones of the battle of geonosis especially like when the when the dust cloud kicks up and they've all got the guns and the blaster fires going back and forth mm-hmm. um man that is the that is some of the best star wars there is and when rex pulls up that gun and sort of like aims at the probe droid it's almost like 
this perfect intersection because the probe droids from Empire Strikes Back and now here we've got Captain Rex from the Clone Wars on the on Rebels shooting a gun from the prequels Mm -hmm. right and it's like it's like this (laughs) it's like this perfect i i just culmination of everything that i love about star wars in one shot that like he pulls out that gun and i was like oh man like i was audibly like that is so awesome and crystal looked at me like what are you talking about? Why? Like, it's just, <laughs> he's just shooting a gun. They're clone troopers. That's what they do. It's like, but it's Captain Rex. Because she, she's seen all the movies, and she likes the movies and everything, but Crystal didn't watch Clone Wars. Like, so she peripherally knows who the characters are through, you know, obviously mm-hmm. being married to me uh, and having to listen to me talk about stuff all the time like this. Uh, but she doesn't have a connection to the characters. So to watch her watch this episode, it was like, she's like, yeah, that was good. And I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> this is one of the best episodes yeah. of television ever made because that's <laughs> Captain Rex and that's Captain Wolf and that's Gregor. And this is Rebels and it's Star Wars and it's all awesome. And I love this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said last season that it's that it's like academic at this point it's definitive that rebels is better than the clone wars mm-hmm. like i love the clone wars but i think rebels is just a better show like it's be- it's better from a storytelling perspective it's better uh just like the 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 narrative is more coherent and and yeah, right. um the the characters are are i think uh more fleshed out by uh, virtue of the fact that we're spending all this time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode, which brings in... It brings Clone Wars characters into Star Wars Rebels, just like it did with Ahsoka last season at the end of the season and sort of the, and, and the Siege of Lothal did. And it's using their backgrounds to bring them up to speed and to make them just as as uh, fleshed out and interesting as the rest of the ghost crew, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. as much as I love the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars is much more about the galactic conflict than it is about the individual characters. Mm-hmm. And that that's indicative of the difference between the, the prequels and the original trilogy. The original trilogy isn't about the galactic conflict. It's about the specific characters. It's about Luke, Han, and Leia, right? Mm-hmm. And then the prequels are not about Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme are, are players in a much larger story, and that story is a story of, of the Old Republic and how the Old Republic fell, right? Um, and then inside that is the story of how Anakin becomes Darth Vader, but it's much more focused on the events that lead to the Clone Wars and then the 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 fallout from the clone wars the, yeah. the 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 consequences of that that galactic scale conflict right so it, it's it's funny cuz you take the characters from clone wars who are awesome and we love them but like rex wasn't really i wouldn't say that rex was fleshed out in the clone wars but he's a much more interesting character in rebels than he was in clone wars because in clone wars he was a soldier and he was a good soldier and he did awesome stuff but most of the things that i think about rex when i think about the clone wars are like oh yeah you remember in that one scene where he did something awesome right Mm mm-hmm but then in Rebels, it's like it's not really about what he does. It's about all of the the emotional uh, uh, sort of 
baggage that he carries and his connection to Anakin, just like Ahsoka and, and all of that stuff that it's like, man, this character is so interesting and I just want to spend all of my time with him. Mm-hmm. I just like, I want them to sit down and just ask him questions. Right. <laughs> and it's like, that's not something that I ever felt in the clone wars. It wasn't like, like, Oh, that, that, that toy Darian guy really is fascinating. Let's find out more about his character. No, it's like, let's get, get back to blowing up battle droids and, and doing awesome lightsaber stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. As far as this episode, um, you know, I, I thought it was a hey, this is what a perfect way to come back. Um yeah. it's sort of like a, another season premiere, season premiere part two. Um it's tough to beat what they did with the last with the actual premiere, where you got Vader and doing what he did. Um some great stuff there. But here we get the return of, of Rex and, and the clones, a couple of clones. Uh, I love the fact that they're Mike, they're a little <clears throat> obviously they're older. Uh, they're a little out yeah. of shape now. Uh, you know, we got we got Gregory who's a little nutty and, and this and that, and we got a nice little dynamic there. And here's the thing about uh, about this group is Rex a few times in this episode discussed like, hey, I'm done with I'm done with the war, man. We're just out here uh, finishing out our life, uh, mm-hmm. doing our own thing, and and we don't really want to get involved. But I think we all know that that they're going to be pulled back in. We're going to see a lot more of Rex. And, yeah. and I can't wait to see a, maybe a reunion of Rex and Ahsoka and see what that's going to be like. And and if she, if we ever get to a point where, and this is another crazy thing, Mike, like we all know that that this thing is is kind of steamrolling towards this, this massive um, battle, possibly between Ahsoka and, and Vader. But yeah. could could Rex also be in there somehow? You know what I mean? Like and seeing mm-hmm. maybe his old master again. I don't know. But but now it's the it's open. The door is open now because he's in yeah. this episode. Or in I do, I, yeah, I do think I do think that, that Ahsoka and Rex need to meet again at some point. And I think like I what I foresee is because we I, we kind of already know that that Rex is going because we've seen it in trailers that Rex is going to go with mm-hmm. the ghost crew at some point. Right. Um, we don't know for sure if Gregor or Wolf goes with him mm-hmm. and, and whether or not that both of them survive. Um, I think that in order to redeem himself, that, that Wolf kind of has to sacrifice himself at some point in order to save everybody else. And, and the next episode, that could be something that happens. Um, but uh, Rex definitely does need to hook back up with Ahsoka because the two of them, like Ahsoka needs someone to talk to about Anakin mm-hmm. because she, as much as she can tell Kanan, that's my old master. Kanan's not really going to understand is like, like he's got, like Kanan will have this idealized version of Anakin Skywalker as like the hero with no fear. Right. Like, cause, cause that like, Kanan was right at that age where he would have he would have worshipped the ground that Anakin walked on, right? Like it would have been that sort of a dynamic. But Rex Rex knows Anakin in the same way that Ahsoka knows Anakin. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they're they're about as close as as, as you can get, like they're family basically. Yeah. Right? So um, so I think that, that when Ahsoka figures it out when she learns who who Vader is, like she confirms that, she needs to then talk to Rex about it. Like the two of them need to to 
have sort of a heart to heart about that. Because yeah. um, Rex is the only other person. Like there, there are only two other characters in the in the Star Wars galaxy that would understand how Ahsoka feels, and that's Obi Wan Kenobi and Rex, right? And Obi Wan, I don't think, is ever going to show up in the show again. I even as because, a even as a hologram or something. Well, I mean, it, it's po- that's possible that like you know they could find another message from him or something, but I don't know. I I just I just feel like Ahsoka being there kind of fills that void. Like now there, I you know how like last season I had said that that I really like because there's a there's a Marvel comic with Obi Wan. Uh, featured in it like a old old school Marvel comics where Princess Leia is telling I think Luke uh, a story about Obi-Wan during the Clone Wars and it's totally like it's not it doesn't make any sense in terms of, of like you know what we know about the Clone Wars now but in like the the 70s or 80s when it happened when it was written this was like the first time that anybody had seen anything about the Clone Wars and in it Obi-Wan is wearing like this all black outfit but with like a white belt white boots and white gloves mm-hmm. and but he's still got the gray hair and he's still like like he looks more like the the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan for sure um like he's got a, it's a comic so his hair is white mm-hmm. and his beard is white but um and I kind of wanted them to have Obi-Wan leave Tatooine for an arc like for like a two episode sort of thing and for him to wear that outfit from those Marvel comics cuz I just think that that would be incredibly awesome but I uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. That's totally just yeah. That's just for me to write in my fanfic. Uh that's 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 the best that I can hope for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh just in closing, man, cool episode. Yeah. Um, great to see Rex and them back again, and uh, looking forward to see what happens with, uh, you know, the Empire coming down and see see where maybe we'll find out where Rex does go uh, in this next, yeah, next sure. episode. Um, just real quick before we get to the what's coming up next week, uh, a couple guys on uh, our Facebook, um, Jeff Beaumont, he had mentioned Mike. We had talked, obviously, we talked about this, and he said. Um, uh, did someone else catch the Ode to Jaws? Uh, and then also uh, Martin, uh, he said the same thing. He said, love the first episode. Can't wait till yeah. next week. Uh, what did you guys think of of half of the episode being a homage to Jaws? Even Kevin Kiner's music was straight out of the movie. It was great. So even uh, these guys, you know, Martin and Jeff, uh, yeah. noticed, especially like Martin says here, the musical cues, I definitely noticed that. So uh thanks guys for uh for commenting yeah. on that and yeah keep it coming. for sure keep it coming i've got i also i have a message okay. uh, this message was sent directly to me okay. but uh it's from uh from one of our listeners joan who says uh, hello michael hope you are well i've been listening to your podcast since the very first one back in the clone wars days wow. and i still love your work with rebels i hope you can keep it up and that you don't spontaneously combust over the force awakens <laughs> i want to thank you for giving me a great podcast to look forward to so i uh, thank you joan i we we uh we're we're happy to to do yeah, this i good I, I, if if I didn't have the podcast to get on and talk to talk about this stuff um, to to you guys, our listeners, as well as to you, Matt, uh, the, I would probably spontaneously combust <laughs> about the Force Awakens because, yeah. like, just every every new piece of information about the Force Awakens or Rebels. It goes into my brain and it automatically it's like the back computer, right? When like in the old 
60s Batman when Batman he'd like he'd just punch in information into the bat computer and then the bat computer the little lights would blink and then it would spit out a card and the card would have their answer right of like you know like how to solve the riddle that the Riddler had or whatever my brain does the same thing with Star Wars stuff where it's like every time I get new input it goes in and then the lights start blinking and then my brain wants to spit out <laughs> these theories and ideas and that sort of thing and if yeah. i didn't have the podcast to do it on i think i'd probably go crazy <laughs> or crystal would murder yeah, me. <laughs> she would she would just and she would be totally justified and no no uh no judge on this planet or any other would hold her uh responsible <laughs> criminally responsible for doing it because uh it would be obnoxious you don't gregor but, on us huh Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, next week uh, on Star Wars Rebels, uh, the episode is, is entitled Relics of the Old Republic, and here's a quick TT. There they are. The coordinates of every Republic base, separatist installation, pirate hideout, and smuggler's den in the Outer Rim. Plus a few Mandalorian bases that even they've forgotten about. Thank you, Captain. Sure you won't come with us? Yeah, you're not bad in the fight. <laughs> I mean, for older gentlemen. Yeah, like I said, I was over, kid. Don't much care to get mixed up in another. Oh, and say hello to Commander Tano for me. But the Empire's on its way, and they will find you. Oh, we can take care of ourselves. All right, Mike, so there he is. He's talking about uh, saying hi to Ahsoka, but I, like we talked about, I think they're going to meet up here pretty soon. And uh, yeah. hey, they talked about Mandalorian base. So They did, they yeah. did, and... We've all we uh, Dave Filoni has talked about. It. I mean, we're gonna get background stories for all of the characters. So we're gonna oh, dig yeah, deep yeah. into their backgrounds this season, right. which is why because that's what people wanted last season, and and it was much more focused on sort of Lothal and the and the conflict there. But um, I there will be a specific focus on Sabine and her connection to Mandalore, and uh, in particular. I, I, the the Death Watch and and uh, Pre Vizsla because uh, in that trailer in that New York Comic Con trailer she declares that that she's of House Vizsla so she's yeah, somehow related yeah. to to Pre Vizsla which mm. uh, which is very interesting and yeah. and I'm I'm excited and we've seen like there's another Mandalorian in one of the stories and and I'm really excited to get there and see what that arc is about because it looks like it's more than one episode to me it looks like it might be one or two mm -hmm. so right, right. um yeah yeah i'm really excited i uh, i'm excited to see more of captain rex and the crew yeah. uh, uh next week and uh man it's so good to be back it's so good to be back i know yeah we went a little long this time but hey when yeah. you gone as long as we did there's <laughs> so much to, to discuss and um yeah. yeah it was fun man i can't wait we got a lot more episodes to talk about this year and uh, we'll see how. Um, as far as I know, the the orders we're going to be here for a little bit. I'm not sure when they're going to take a break. I'm assuming like most yeah. times it's December, but uh, yeah, we're Long, back. longer season this this season though. So I full full 22 episodes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so lot plenty more rebels goodness coming yeah. your way. But that's going to do it for this episode, Mike. 
Yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening, of course. As always, if you want to stay up to date with all of the latest Star Wars Rebels news, uh, you can do that by heading to rebelspodcast.com, uh, where Tim does an excellent job of yes. keeping that website up to date and keeping you guys informed of everything you need to know about Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he also does the same thing over at Star Wars The Saga Continues. Uh, StarWarsTSC.com uh, as well. Him and Kyle do an awesome podcast over there that you guys should listen to. Uh, you can follow Rebels Podcast on Facebook by going to Facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast and following us on Twitter at Rebels Podcast. Uh, and we, of course, want to hear from you guys yeah. and what you think of these episodes. So you can do that by either messaging us on Facebook, uh, replying to us on Twitter, or sending us an email to uh, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we love to get your emails. We love to hear from you guys and, and what you think um, and, and sort of making you guys a part of the discussion. So, so please do that. Um, and, of course, you can find all of the other awesome podcasts uh, uh, that are part of the Thunderquack, po Thunderquack Podcast Network by going to thunderquack.com. And if you want to uh, support us over on Patreon, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and, and chipping in a little bit. $5 gets you into the, the exclusive Facebook group for Thunderquack Patreon uh, supporters only. Um, so that's at the $5 level. At the $10 level, you get early access to uh, both the Rebels podcast and Quiver the Green Arrow podcast. Um, so for 10 bucks, you basically get the episode as soon as I'm done editing it and not, you know, sort of the morning that I post it, um, mm -hmm. which I which I think will probably be will probably be Monday mornings, I think um, this season because of the new the, the switch up uh, with the episodes airing on Wednesday uh, and then us having to record a couple days later. So you guys will probably get this on Monday morning. Um uh, and and so you would get that probably sometime around Saturday or Sunday instead of instead of having to wait until Monday. So uh, so that's a that's a, a good thing to do. Uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack to take advantage of that. We also have other perks at higher levels, uh, and you can find that all on on that site on that Patreon. Um, but that's it. That's Thank it. you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. See you next week.